0: Welcome back to Myths, Heresy, and Hearsay. Episode 5, Hadrian's Wall. I mentioned last time we were taking a break from the narrative and traveling to hike Hadrian's Wall. So we will be going back to the narrative, but taking the scenic route. Trust me, there will be plenty of relevance to our subject matter. The wife and I and our granddaughter did, in fact, have a grand time traveling to Northumbrian England, Scotland, and London. The wife, who will remain anonymous and just be referred to as the wife. The granddaughter, however, it's just too awkward to keep referring to her that way, so I will give her an assumed name. Uh, from here on out, we will call her Kylie. So you know that I am talking about the granddaughter. The plane ride over was long and cramped, which reminded us that next time we need to pony up for business class, but otherwise uneventful. Until we got to London, and then the flight from Heck began. Just getting to the flight to Newcastle would be too much trouble to talk about. Uh, and get the story off to a bad start. So I won't. Once in Newcastle, our driver took us to the pear tree bed and breakfast in Corbridge. Doug and Jan, who ran the B&B out of their beautifully manicured house, were warm and friendly and genuine about us enjoying their part of the world. Corbridge, a beautiful small town, perfect for our first look at Northumbria. Flowers everywhere, great places for coffee in the morning, a tavern that was right out of Game of Thrones, added to the ambience. I actually did buy some Northumbrian coffee while there. There was a wonderful pastry shop, a number of very nice places to eat, including a great Italian restaurant, Kylie's favorite. Day two started with the cab ride to begin the hike. While the wife went on to Cholliford, about nine miles away, the cabby dropped Kylie and I off to what we hoped was the trailhead. This vast green field opened up to us. There was magic of not exactly knowing that you were on the right path or not. And then the welcoming committee showed up. Not a minute into it, about 20 700 pound bovine friends, they just stared at us until a brave one came up close to us. Kylie would have loved to love her up a little bit and me too, but I saw a lot of potential for something going very wrong. Not one minute into our hike. Kylie was ecstatic about the experience. We hiked on, and it began. Nine miles through vast green fields with sheep uncountable, a Roman ruin out in the middle of nowhere, then having to re our path. We walked through forests and more vast fields until we came to an asphalt road. At this point, after about eight and a half miles of hiking, we were spent, and I mean we were pretty much done. And not too sure where or which direction on this road was the right direction. We did choose the right direction, thankfully, because, as I said, we were done diddly un. As fate would have it, we hiked right to the spot where Dave, the owner of the Simon Byrne Tea House, picks up his guests in Chollerford. And on to Simonburn, population thirty-seven. Dave and his wife, Saria, owned this beautiful slice of Northumbrian heaven. There we encountered a beautiful courtyard, flowers and birdies galore, and nearby forest, and a thirteenth century church and graveyard. But Dave was the attraction part comedian, part philosopher. There was a limited beer selection, but how many do you need if you find the right one? I chose Old Speckled Hen, a classic strong ale. On day three, we decided that the day before was plenty enough for two days of hiking. So instead, all of us hiked to the local Roman fort. Still, we hiked about uh, a little over four miles, and the wife, she with the torn meniscus, got to hike some of the wall with us. Kylie was fascinated with the finding of the old Roman latrines, simply the best-preserved latrines in all the U.K. Not just England, or Scotland, but all the U.K. I'm wondering if there was an award for this. We later found out in Greenhead, about 20 miles west from the locals in the pub, that the fort has a more recent notoriety in that scenes from the movie Robin Hood, the one with Kevin Costner, were taken. In particular, at the beginning of the movie, a rather prominent sycamore tree at this fort. More on that when we get to the next stop in Housestead. We had a blast exploring the fort. After that, Dave drives us to Howstead, where we stayed at the Twice Brewed Inn and Brewery, a great brewery that had recently won a double gold for the best lager pilsner in Europe. An awesome place with a huge beer garden. My new best friend, Steph, was very informative in the tap room. In fact, One of the best conversations about beer I have had as a home brewer, I appreciated her knowledge of our favorite ancient beverage. The food was great and colorful. A classic English breakfast consists of uh, two or three courses, not including juices and coffee. First the cereal and a wide selection of fruit before the main course of fried eggs, English sausage, which changed depending on what county you were in England. They loved beans for their breakfast. Also, blood or black pudding. We were kind of noncommittal on that. The wife just loved the cherries, until she realized they were prunes. From there on, cherries became a code word for I have to find a toilet fast. Lots of great posters in this brewery and dry humor. Beer humor if there is such a thing. To pick up the story about the fort and the tree and Kevin Cosner, one of the beers they offered at the Twice Brewed offered was called Sycamore Pine. A pale ale served out of a cask and an old-style pump tap. A picture of the tree was on all the bottles and on the tap, and a poster with Costner in character was prominent in the bathrooms. I hated leaving this mix of ancient and modern. The next day began with a classic Northumbrian breakfast, then a frantic rush for the wife to catch the bus to Greenhead. On the way there, I ran into my new friend, Steph, coming into work. But to my eternal disappointment, I didn't have time to talk, as we weren't sure when the next bus was coming. And Kylie and I, having already checked out, backpacks on. We were prepped for the hike to Greenhead. We looked for the path and hiked about, oh, half a mile to catch the trailhead. And once again, we were off. This was one of the most picturesque hikes as we went to higher elevations and down as well. Negotiating at times the ancient craggly rocks that passed as steps was at times challenging. Good thing I had my 18 year old hiking buddy Kylie and I hiked the best part up high to the highest point of the trail where there is a seven foot obelisk to mark the highest spot. We hiked about seven miles and came to a car park, as the Brits like to call it. At this point, we were glad to see a pond and a small parking lot with a restroom and some park benches. There was a snack truck, and the cold water the lady sold us went down so well on this hot day. Unseasonably hot, from what I'm told. Speaking of the nice lady at the truck, her husband, Ed, drove us the rest of the way to Greenhead. So we cheated the last two miles, but didn't feel the least bit guilty. We got to the Blankensop Castle Motel and were greeted by a well-rested and relieved wife. The hotel sits right next to the shell of the Blankensop Castle that some say to this day is haunted by the White Lady of Blankensop. When we entered the dining area, we were greeted by this very classic-looking Northumbrian pub, the kind that you might see in the movies. We were also greeted by some of the locals who lived nearby. And when I say greeted, these folks were some of the warmest and friendliest. We proceeded to have the best of conversations as we waited for dinner time. The two guys that stuck out the most were two friends, and both of their names were Paul, as it turned out. Everyone there was retired except for Paul number two, as I will call him. Paul number 2 retired, but then went to work as a groundskeeper at the local golf course. His day usually consisted of going in and taking care of the course, then playing around a round of golf, before heading over to our pub here to meet up with Paul number 1 to down a few carbonated beverages. Yes, the Brits do like carbonation in their beer, to expel a myth, then back to the golf course to finish up and put stuff away. Not a bad life indeed, although Paul Number 2 does catch some grief uh, from the other retirees. Dinner was great, both tasty and pleasing to the eye. The plan for the next day, Day 5, was to hike on to Lanarkost, about 10 miles to the west and then be transported back to Blankensop after the afternoon, since there wasn't an establishment that could be booked there. Kylie and I didn't really see the point in that, and decided again to take a day off from the hike. But instead, we did hike about two and a half miles into Greenhead proper. And we stopped at a pub, of course. Yes, another classic-looking pub. The Brits do love those. The young lady behind the bar was a ray of sunshine, a classic English beauty. Her name was Lucy, and Kylie and I enjoyed hanging out with her while I tried to find a beer that I had never had before. The hike back amongst the greenery as we talked along the highway, trying to remember that the Brits drive on the other side of the road, was a great way to pass the day the conversations we had were a highlight for me. One of the things we talked about is that the first three places we stayed at, Corbridge, Simon Byrne Teen Room, and the twice-brewed end, were hard acts to follow. And even though we were enjoying our time at Blankensop, it was probably fourth on our list. Then we walked into the pub slash restaurant and everyone who was there the night before were there, and a few others as well. Most brought their wives, including Paul number one's wife, Sheila. And it seemed like they had been waiting for us. They knew our names, and when Kylie walked in, the ladies hugged her and said, oh, this is Kylie, as though they were there to meet her. The whole room full of us talked and laughed like old friends for about an hour and a half. I have never met a warmer group of folks, and I especially like Sheila's sense of humor. Talk about wanting to go where everyone knows your name, as the song on the TV show goes. The name on that TV show, by the way, is called Cheers. Ironically, Cheers is a common greeting the Brits use with friends. So now I couldn't tell you which stop we enjoyed the most. We were just blown away by these people and hated for the night to end. That's a good place to end this phase of the adventure for now. Tomorrow, on to Scotland. Join me in the next episode as I storm my ancient clan's castle to take control and collect two centuries of rent okay, that's not actually what happened. It is a story for the next episode. Thanks for listening.